Welcome to Real Talk Business Conversations by Balanced and Pink. This podcast is a no BS approach to the hottest business topics surrounding career growth and how it applies to women. If you're looking for ways to progress your career, make more income, gain clarity surrounding business topics, this podcast is for you. I'm Kari Kohal, career and leadership coach, consultant, and president of a multi-million dollar financial brokerage company. And I am here with my co-host, Angela Orium, who is director of operations, including human resources, chief marketing officer, and president of a nonprofit association. She has 15 years of experience in internal business operations, and she is gonna give us an inside look of recruiting, resumes, and what she looks for. Let's dive into what every resume should include. Angela and I just lifted our microphone and we put it on paper plates. We have a new microphone coming so that our sound should be better next episode. Yeah. I think this works though. Here we go. <laughs> we have some like recycled paper plates. We're being eco-friendly. Heck yeah. And my planner. But okay, let's get into what every resume should include. We're really excited about this one. We had to re-record it because the first time we recorded it, it was the sound was just a little wonky. So um, the main things about a resume that we just kind of want to start with that you guys pretty much already know is you want to make sure that your spelling and grammatical errors are eliminated. Have someone check your resume because if you're not using there, there, and there, right, we're going to find, you're going to notice that. So those are just kind of the expectations that every resume should have. Other one is poor formatting. It looks messy. There are so many resume templates out there, like free ones in Microsoft Word that people could use. Absolutely, there are those templates. So go online, download those, because today the expectation to use a computer is basically 101 when you're applying for a job. So right. you know how they say dress the part to get the job? You definitely have your resume dress the part to get the job. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Make it fancy. Yes. But you don't want to like add um, caricatures and things, right? Yeah, please. And don't use Comic Sans as a text <laughs> format. Like, that. do not use that as a font. Stick to Times New Roman. Yeah. Just keep or it. Or Calibri. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, then the other thing is that when you're writing your resume, make sure that you have the recruiter in mind. So who's going to be reading the resume and what kind of job are you applying for? And make sure that it is persuasive to that particular job. I wouldn't just have a blanket resume and then just shoot it off to everyone and hope one sticks. Make sure that when you're writing the resume, it is hitting on those keywords and it's hitting on being persuasive of why you are the person for that position and be able like make sure that your resume is there's two things that I'm going to dive into real quick is ATS it means applicant tracking systems Angela we you haven't used we've never had to use an applicant tracking system but like fortune 100 companies when they're getting thousands of resumes for one position there's not enough time to get someone hired for how many resumes that they have that they have to use artificial intelligence to filter out 
resumes that meet the criteria and which ones don't. So with that said, you wanna make sure that your resume reads well for the human eye plus an ATS or applicant tracking system. So again, ATS is what companies use to filter resumes more efficiently using keyword. It's a software system and it's almost like a Google search, but for resumes. So they're looking for keywords, they search keywords, it pops up. You know how like when you close shop and you filter out, oh, I want a pink sweater in the women's section? Yeah. That's what it's gonna pop up, it's just pink sweaters in the women's section. But if someone, if you're, if the description of the sweater isn't for women and it isn't coded as a sweater and it isn't saying that it's pink, it's not gonna show up, that sweater is not gonna show up. So same with your resume. If you do not have the keywords in your resume, it's not gonna pop up as a match for them, for a recruiter to review it. So I'm gonna do a mini episode on deep diving into ATS and how to structure your resume for that and what kind of keywords to use. But you also don't want your resume to sound like a computer because then if you do make it through ATS, then the recruiter is gonna be like, uh, who is this person? This sounds like a robot. Right. Um, So make sure that even when you are writing your resume that it reads for a human eye or interpretation. Mm -hmm. So with that said, Angela, you have read and reviewed and recruited thousands of resumes and positions and that sort of thing over your 15 years. Let's pick your brain on what do you look for in a resume that leads to an interview? When you read someone's resume, (laughs) when you read someone's resume, what do you see that you're like, oh my gosh, I want to get to know this person more. Let's bring them in and meet them face to face. I was thinking about this question when Kari asked me and I realized subconsciously there are about three things that I look for that get a resume that leads to a phone interview, an in-person interview. The first one is that the skills match the job in which they're applying for. And so that's exactly what Kari had said, where you want to make sure that you're using these keywords and relevant skills that match exactly what the job posting is for. Um, The second part is that you as an applicant have done the research on the company and the position you're applying for. You'd be like shocked how many people will apply where I can tell right from the beginning they have not they haven't researched the company company at all. They have no idea what we do. And that will immediately kind of get your skills pushed to the side. So you might have the best skills, but if you can tell like in that intro paragraph about what you as an applicant are seeking for like seeking it will not be reviewed because there is just something where you can see your research hasn't been done. And then the third part is the energy that you put into that resume. And what I mean by the energy is again, using these descriptive words on why you're awesome and why the company would want you and vice versa, why you wanna work for us and why we want you to work for us. So it's kind of a, a culture 
thing. So it's the energy that's put into the resume. Energy can mean, just like Kari had said initially, was that it's well written. There are not the grammatical errors, you've done the research on the company, and your skills match the need of the job posting. These are really just some right off the bat what you should do on a resume to get noticed. I think what's really cool that you said is the energy. I think a lot of people when they're writing a resume, it's just, okay, here's just an executive summary of me. We don't really think that our written words give off a tone and energy. But I mean, if you've been in the business industry or like in business for a while, you know that emails give off certain tones and that written words, you're more sensitive to tones than you are in communication because you have you can watch people's facial expressions with face-to-face -face communication that you can't really do with written word. How do you know, like what's that gut instinct when you're reading this resume that gives off good energy? Ooh, that's a really great question. And I cannot give a specific on this, but I do have a tip on how you can write to get off, give off the good energy. I think as women, when we write, we, send, we tend to self-deprecate ourselves. So we don't want to be too boastful about what we're good at. So I do have a recommendation to sit down with your best friend and say you're applying for this job and have them tell you the things that they think you're really great at and use what your friend's words are to describe yourself because they're seeing the most beautiful parts of you. And I would recommend that peer review part is incredibly important when gathering your resume for the first time. Second part too is like, again, I knew this is very women focused. If you're a mom that has been a stay-at-home mom for a while and then you're entering that workforce again, still bounce these ideas off your best friend to be able to give all these wonderful things about you. Like, oh, you're such a great communicator or you're great at conflict resolution. Because we know as moms that is something we do on the daily, maybe 25 plus times a day. So <laughs> there are ways that we can take our life skills and insert it into our resumes. So I know I don't have like a specific to answer your question Kari but at the same time those the way that your friends describe you uh, take that take those descriptors put it in your resume and the second part I know I ramble a lot it's a technique I've always done where my rough drafts look like complete chicken scratch where you just memory dump everything onto your sheet of paper and then go back and uh, edit everything down. Yeah. So, and that's how I think you get your most authentic resume to what you you oh, are as a person. I love that Thanks. because your friends really do. They really do see you at your best times and at your worst times too because you confide in your friends and they get to see how well you like your personal attributes that would really help you in business jumping back into the workforce. Right. So I love that. Now, what are some red flags that you'll pass on a resume? Because yes. how long, okay, how long does it take you to determine I'm going to pass on this resume? Okay. You know how everyone says like you have one minute to like win someone over? Yeah. That is exactly how it is in resume. And I can start with that intro paragraph. I look at that even first before the skills and I will skim before giving it then that second look around 
on what's important. I can tell if you've plagiarized because I read thousands of those. So please be very careful about plagiarism, especially if you're gonna use the template on Google. So I'm gonna step in there. Instead of plagiarizing, if you need help, like if you need to phone a friend on yes. building a resume, <laughs> reach out to a career coach because career coaches offer resume services where they will do edits of your resume. They'll make sure that it has an authenticity check in there. They'll make sure that it has the right keywords to get through ATS if that's the type of job that you're applying for. It's actually a human, instead of plagiarizing, you're going to a professional that can help you build a resume to put your best foot forward. Instead of plagiarizing, it's bringing out all of the best attributes of you and putting it on paper. Yes. Okay. And then red flags, uh, grammatical errors, plagiarism, uh, poor formatting, too many jobs listed. Please don't put your high school job on the resume unless it's very applicable to the job in which you're applying for. So pick, I really say this, pick your top three, especially for a resume, pick your top three jobs or skills that really will make you stand out compared to anybody else. Then in the interview is where you can deep, like go deeper into other experiences, other skills you have. But I think the red flags is too much job hopping because as a, at least for us as a company, we want you to stay a long time. We're investing in you as an employee and we want the employee to also be invested in the company. Right. And sometimes it can be nerve wracking to see someone who cannot really make up their mind. And it shows, at least in a review process, that that person may not want a career. Right, Yeah, that's a good point. How should the listeners today structure their resume to get noticed? Like what's the main thing? Because you said it takes you one minute to say yes or no, to throw it away or to reach out and do a phone interview at least. What is one thing that a listener could do to structure their resume to get noticed? I would say it is that authentic intro paragraph about yourself. Please everyone, write it based on what you as a future employee will want. Don't change who you are to get the job. You will not like the job. You will not like your career in that job. You need to be authentic to yourself. So the energy that you put in in the intro paragraph is what will basically open Pandora's box to someone reviewing the rest of your resume. I love that. It is, it's so true because that's where you get the persuasion. Yes. Did I say that right? Persuasion, yeah. Yeah. Um, I like to pronounce words incorrectly a lot. I don't know why, but it just happens. But yeah, <laughs> you get the persuasion, you get the authenticity, you get the why you are of value to that company because it is, yes, you're looking for a job, but they are paying you for a value that you bring to them. Yes. Putting e that equally too. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no. I thought about this where I remember I had an applicant that I did hire for a different position, but the words that this person used in their resume has eventually now, and I remember it, has led them to actually work in a different department in the company because they wrote about something they're passionate about and a skill that they have. 
that I created a position for them in the company that we needed based on the skill I wasn't even hiring for. Right. So actually, that brings up a really good question. What words should the listeners use to describe their experience? So I can talk about my experience, but it could be like a wah wah. Like what piques people's interest? Like what words should they use to describe their experience? This was also hard because there's so many things. So, well, what did that employee? Uh, that experience wise. So, I'll I'll use this case example. The experience was that um, we work in insurance, but this applicant had experience in the restaurant industry. The descriptive words that they used were to explain how it was a high pace, high energy position, that they got a lot of joy in being helpful. They got a lot of pride in helping and having that fast paced environment. Now I can flip it to use other descriptive words where personally, I enjoy helping people. So I was like, I, my skill would be uh, collaborative and uh, motivational. Oh, man. Yeah, I cannot think of other ones, but be authentic to yourself. For example, if you don't like a high-paced environment, don't write it. Please do not write that because the person will might put you in a department that's fast-paced because you wrote, I like fast-paced environments. Right. Or they'll put you on a team that's like running around like bonkers right. when you want it, but really your personality would be best fit on more of a relaxed team. Like you still have the skills, it's just if you write fast paced, they're going to put you with a very fast paced people because usually in business operations, you want to team up people with similar. Yes. um, I always use this expression where it's like, I will match your energy. Yes. So it will be, you'll put teams together that will match each other's energy. Some people need a cheerleader and someone that is high energy the whole time and they're motivated by that excitement. Some people can be very demotivated motivated by that type of excitement and they want to just be quiet and reserved. I guess I know I'm kind of all over the place, but really what I'm trying to summarize here is you being your most authentic self in your resume using descriptors that best describe you and talk to somebody get peer review that knows you very very well and they will actually end up using descriptor words that i think everyone should use in their resumes and if you go to a career coach that offers the resume services like balance and pink moa yes <laughs> i can help with this um we will i'll deep dive and ask you those critical questions of what do you like doing and you can just say it like you're speaking to me as a friend and i can help put that into words that a recruiter will it will pique their interest so that's why a career coach is also really important because your friend's going to give you that feedback and you're going to write that down but you also want to make sure that you're getting it past ats and you're using those keywords that are piquing the interest of a recruiter definitely reach out to me. I have a lot of different resume services. You can find me at Balanced in Pink on Instagram or just email me at balancedinpink at gmail.com and we can definitely go through that with you. 
talking about experience and like how to describe experience, you brought up a little bit of what they should include and what they should leave out. I want to go over kind of the main things to include and then things not to include. So Angela talked about some of the of what not to include. Here are things to include. Include if you went and got a certificate. So if you went off and got your own certificate, this includes stay-at-home moms. If you guys took a master class and because it piqued your interest, include that. Include that even as a stay-at-home mom or when you were out of the workforce for a few years that you can't put on your resume as like a job that you were in, put in there that you went out and got a certificate, that you took extra classes, that you have designations. This includes the extra classes designation designations that's everyone licenses if you have to have a license to operate so insurance agents have to have an insurance license realtors have to have a real estate license if you want to get into real estate go get your real estate license before you apply for the job that is huge I can say that for insurance too if someone has zero experience in insurance but they went out and passed their licensing exam they're at the top of the pile because yes. they went out and got that and then include relevant awards. Now with the relevant awards, you should only include things that are backed up with facts. So if you cannot back up that something happened, so if you're claiming something like I was the best manager on the team, you better have facts to back that up or else when a recruiter asks you what measurement made you the best manager on the team in the interview and you don't have facts to back that up, your credibility plummets and the trust plummets. So you might have been the best manager on the team, but you would have to describe that in a different way. So make sure if you're putting Putting things on your resume, you can back it up with facts. Then things not to include on your resume, don't include your high school clubs, unfortunately. It's just too much time has passed and you have more experience from your high school clubs. And then don't include anything that isn't directly valuable to the job that you are applying to. So that's kind of what Angela was talking about, the job description and your value that you're going to bring to that company. Include things that are directly going to be valuable that's going to make you better at your job if you were to be hired for that job. Right. Example is, yes, those jobs, it's your top three of the skills applicable to the job that you're applying for. So if you are gonna be a computer programmer, it would be great that you put in that you actually know website design and WordPress and that you took a class in Excel spreadsheets. That is all applicable job skills that also um, help support your intro paragraph about yourself and what you want and what you can bring. Absolutely. That brings us to the end of our podcast. Job hunting, we know, can be stressful and downright emotionally exhausting. We know that. And even as a recruiter, you know how emotionally exhausting it can be. Staying professional, authentic, and confident while being strategic in the way that you structure your resume will help you land that interview. Yes. And don't shy away from if you need a template to inspire you to start writing it, Kari said as well. 
using a consultant, using a coach, uh, lean into the resources to get the job that you want. Like I said, you dress for the job you want, your resume, dress it for the job you want. I love it. And be careful of the little details and make sure your communication on everything surrounding your resume and your job search is professional and is feeding into your professional brand. Everything that you do should be professional down to the way that you name your PDF file for your resume, the way that you submit your resume, your actual resume, the way that you respond, it all feeds into your professional brand and who you are because your recruiter is going to see that. They are going to notice those things. Yes. Overall, I'm gonna go through these really quick. Do your research of what the company values, including their mission, and use those keywords to link your experience to their current values and mission. Always remember to add relevant experience that will bring value in addition to the job requirements. Be clear and specific because like Angela said, as a recruiter, one minute she can tell you if they're gonna get a land an interview or not. Use a professional email address, not your high school email address, and please do not use your current work email address. That's just bad, just don't do that. And create a new free email for your job hunt if you do, if you are still using kind of an unprofessional high school email address, just go on Google and create a quick new free email address. It's a good way to organize too. Yes. Use a professional name for your PDF file, label it clearly and professional, and use a more dedicated name for each applicant or each application that you submit. Don't make unproven claims. They cannot be circumstantial. You can use, you should always back up your claims and it's safe to stick to facts in your resume. I kind of touched on that one. Don't make things up or don't, yeah. Self-proclaim things. Yes, you, as hard you, as it is. You will be asked in an interview about those those claims made on a resume. 100% asked. Yeah. And don't include your salary expectations or your past salary. That is a really big risk because it gives it can give off the wrong intention that you're not that you're only in it for the money if you talk about money too prematurely. Now, if in the job description it says please include your salary expectation in your resume or in your application, then absolutely do it. But don't just offer it without being asked because the res are um, in the interview. And there is a lot that is said with the negotiation process when hiring as well because certain skills can bring certain values that could have you paid differently. We just know this experience, skills is how you get paid. Yep, and value. value. Perceive value that yep. you're gonna bring to the company. And don't use too many hot words because you can Google that and be like, okay, what hot words do I need to use to be a customer service manager? And then if you just flood your resume with that Google search of keywords, you might make it past ATS, but it's gonna look fake, confusing, and unauthentic. So if you need help with how to structure that, again, reach out to me, balanceinpink at gmail.com. I would love to help you on that. That. I have lots of different resume services on that. Future episodes, we do episodes every three weeks and then 
on the bye weeks we do mini episodes or I do a little mini episode to dive deeper into a past topic. Join us for our next episode on is authoritative management style dead. That is releasing. It's our last one of the year. It's releasing December 14th. It will there'll be a mini episode on December 21st on how to plan for the best year yet. So I think I'm going to do two mini episodes in between the December 14th one or now and then the December 14th one just so that I can help you guys on planning for the best year yet. Stick around for special guests too, where we interview other successful women in business that share their story and help mentor or give advice on how you can build your best career. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe, review, and share. That is how we can continue to post these episodes for you. If you want to reach out or interested in being a guest speaker, you can find me on Instagram at balancedinpink or email balancedinpink at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time.